Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast, this time looking at Mid-South Wrestling Television from September 11th, 1982. But before we go any further, I should introduce myself. I'm the great Brian Last, and I should introduce the man who'll be joining me this week like he does each and every week from booking the territory, none other than the menace to society himself, Mike Mills. Mike, how are you today? I don't know what I can do to top that introduction. Thank you very much, great Brian Last. <laughs> I'm doing great as we are getting ready to embark on the September 11th, 1982 episode of Mid-South Wrestling, which the first uh, basically quarter of the show is um, filling in the gaps from the lost episode. Another lost episode, let me add, because now this is two, I believe, in 1982. Actually, three. I think there was one at the beginning of the year, too. So anyway, uh, but I am doing great, man. Thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction. Well, I guess we should address that right here at the top of the show. Two things. One, without going any further, there's a good chance this may be the quickest episode of this podcast we've ever done, because this is a rather light episode of Mid-South Wrestling. And two, like you just said, we do get a bunch of highlights from the week before, which looks like an amazing episode, but we don't have it. It's a lost episode. The Watts Family Archive didn't have it. The WWE Network doesn't have it. Seemingly, tape traders don't have it in circulation. I don't seem to have it in my collection, so we'll keep an eye out. Maybe one day we'll find like all the lost episodes that we haven't been able to cover, and we can do like a special bonus season of uh, all the the missing uh, parts. That would be amazing because I can tell you, looking to the future, there are spots out there. And I can't remember off the top of my head if it's an 83, 84, 85, but I know there are times, um, at least in my library, and from what I've been told, yeah, they those episodes can't be tracked down. There may be a few others out there, handful. Um, I don't feel like it'll be something that it's completely missed it, 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 because they Watts also did a good job like he does at the beginning of this one, recapping things that were important from the previous week. But uh, we, we may have this happen here and there. I don't want to say it'll happen often, but you just never know. Um, here's the other thing. Uh, you're, you're, you're talking about this episode, and uh, I just want to point out, I'm going to get it off my chest now. That way I don't say it this entire show because <laughs> I don't want to piss off the listeners. I don't want the listeners to say, Mike, quit repeating yourself. You said this every time this guy was on commentary, and this is nothing against Bob Roop personally, but Bob Roop on commentary, to get it off my chest now, just brings the show from – even if it was a great show and it was a 10, it just brings it to a two. I, it's it's um, it's just not good. And um, that's it. I won't say anything else about Bob Roop's commentary the rest of this episode, Brian. Well, with that said, why don't we get going with this episode, which was taped on September 1st, 1982, the second hour of a two-hour TV taping. Of course, the first hour being the lost episode. Let's go now to the show opening. Boyd Pierce with Mike Mills' very favorite, Bob Roop. We have a lot of exciting action coming up, some interesting interviews, so we want you to stay with us. Two great matches headline this week's card, signed by matchmaker Grizzly Smith. It'll be the Junkyard Dog in that ring against 454-pound one-man gang. Also from Atlanta, Georgia, Mr. Rassing 2 takes on Hacksaw Jim Duggan. All the top stars will be here, Ted DiBiase, Colonel Buck Robley, Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch. So you'll look forward to that. Our guest commentator this week, a man you all know that's really applicable to professional wrestling, whether it's in the ring or out. He brings the credentials as he was three times national AAU champion, an amateur great at Southern Illinois University, and as you all know, former holder of the Louisiana State title and a North American Heavyweight Championship, Bob Root. Thank you, Boyd. I couldn't have said that better myself. 
in the times that I've been with Mid-South Wrestling, there's, I've created a lot of controversy, and there's always been controversy, but nothing quite like something that happened last week, something that prompted Mid-South to promise that a decision would be made, and that's concerning those Mid-South tag titles. And I understand that Bill Watts is going to be here and uh, uh, on film and tell us something about that decision. Let's watch that right now. Okay, Mike, let's stop the tape here because we're about to play a bunch of audio to sum up everything we missed last week. And as we said before, it seemed like it was a good episode of Mid-South Wrestling. It seems like a lot happened. Is there anything we should preface this with, this run of recaps hosted by Bill Watts about what's been going on and what's happening right now? Other than to say, I guess, obviously, Mr. Wrestling 2 has been in for the last couple weeks. We've seen a rather pale Mr. Wrestling 2 on TV. I guess that ties into this. Anything else we should say? Before we run this audio? Yeah, I just, the only thing I want to add is, you're right, we've seen a rather pale Mr. Wrestling number two, uh, wrestling and in action. And I just want to remind everyone, before the missing episode that we're talking about here, which would have been the September 4th, 1982 episode, the week before that, if you recall, Boyd, um, during the episode, and I believe at the very end, if my memory's correct, he mentions that wrestling two would be this, the the guest referee in that tag team match uh, for the tag team title. So uh, just, I guess, remember, that's the main thing that was going on here with these, with this tag match was wrestling. Number two is going to, you know, be, I don't want to call him an enforcer, but you know, Alfred Neely's getting flung around and taking 50 million bumps every time we see him. So maybe wrestling two is a little bit of a tougher guy. And um, no, Watts didn't say that, nor did Boyd say that or anyone else. But point is wrestling two was going to be the guest referee for this big tag team match for the Mid-South tag team titles. That sets up where we were. Let's go now to this audio of Bill Watts recapping everything we missed last week on Mid-South Wrestling. A few months ago on Mid-South Wrestling, Paul Orndorff and Bob Roop planned the most devious conniving event ever to take a North American championship from Ted DiBiase. And last week, Ted DiBiase apparently had a plot that was foolproof to be sure the Junkyard Dog and Mr. Olympia lost the Mid-South titles when Mr. Wrestling 2 was scheduled to be the special referee in this tag bout. I was interviewing the so-called Mr. Wrestling 2 about his responsibilities as a referee. Let's watch that now. I appreciate the fact that I'm respected enough to be able to referee this type of match and be picked to referee this type of match. But like you say, I don't exactly like being a referee, but I think there should be some people in here that can handle this situation and this caliber of a match with these kind of, these four guys, they should be able to handle the situation. And I'll tell you right now, I'm gonna make sure that the rules are abided by, that nobody's gonna break the rules, and there'll be a fair and square Winner in this type of match, I can tell you that right now, Bill.
I know everybody wants to know, and you may as well spit it out. There's two of you here, and one of you, which one of you? Let me tell you something, Bill. I heard there was a little man down here posing as Mr. Wrestling, too. I didn't believe that at first. Then I was in a match last time in the Omni. You know how fans travel all over the country? They came up to me and says, Mr. Two, there is another Mr. Wrestling Two down here posing as you. Well, suddenly then I heard about a tag team combination and titles being at stake. Well, I started putting two and two together. And then all of a sudden, I get a telegram in my personal box that I get from dates from different parts of the country, from Grizzly Smith. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I never received anything like this. Why? Okay. So I took it upon myself, bought my own plane ticket to come down here and to find out if this was so. Well, okay, it's so. Well, let me tell you something. I don't like anyone posing as me. As you well know, the last man that posed as me doesn't wrestle anymore. That's right. In Atlanta, Georgia, a couple of years ago, there was an imposter. And the, you're right. He was run right out of wrestling. I, I have not only beat him half to death, but unmasked him, and he hasn't wrestled since. Well, I say one thing, wrestling, too. I couldn't tell if I looked at the two of you standing across the ring who the real two is. But I say I Wait have never seen. Wait just a minute, Bill. You know Mr. Wrestling, too. You know why? Mr. Wrestling, too, has never run from a man in his life. I don't run. That one ran. Who is the real Mr. Two? Well, I'm looking at the cold blue eyes of a man that I've faced across the ring. I know who the real Mr. Two is after this altercation. Well, look at those cold steel blue eyes. I knew it was the true Wrestling Two, the man I had faced so many times in competition. And I'm sure Grizzly Smith knew that a plot had been nipped in the bud. A very infamous, devious plot, and we thought then that Wrestling 2 being on the scene, the Junkyard Dog and Mr. Olympia would get a fair shake. But as we saw later last week, probably the worst ripoff ever since I've been guesting with Boyd Pierce was put on the Dog and Mr. Olympia. Let's watch the final moments of that bout as DiBiase and Duggan seemingly won those tag team titles. I couldn't see whether a tag was made or not. I think Dugan was trying to tag behind Mr. Olympia's back. He was trying to tag DiBiase, but I don't think he made the tag. This was a controversial issue two weeks ago was whether or not there was a legal tag made, but the tape and the film definitely showed there was. But there is a legal tag. DiBiase's legal, but so did Olympia. He tagged Lightning. It's out of control there now. Even wrestling, too, with all his ability, can't keep these four men from hooking up and going. JYD, oh, the spear. SMU Dugan all tried to spear the JYD. JYD got off under, but Mr. Wrestling 2 caught it full in the face. JYD in there by himself as Mr. Olympia had the sleeper, but DiBiase got away from it. 
There's the other, the phony wrestling, loading that boot, Boyd Pierce. That can only be one person. Boyd Pierce, it's a grappler, and he's going to go in there and try to get JYD. No, he just kicked wrestling two right in the head with that loaded boot. He's counting the fall. Boyd Pierce, that man has to be the grappler. That loaded boot, he kicked wrestling two in the head. Counted the fall. He's getting the titles. He's giving them to Dugan and DiBiase. Well, Grizzly Smith did something I've never seen him do. He refused to recognize the new tag champions last week. He said as matchmaker, he would not book them in any t match defending those titles until Charlie Lay, the president of Mid-South, made a final decision. A landmark decision has been handed down. Charlie Lay contacted by long-distance phone and through further investigation stated that had this been a no disqualification match for the titles, he could not do anything about it. The second thing being that Mr. Wrestling 2, the referee of record, would not reveal his true identity to prove without a shadow of a doubt who the real Mr. 2 was, but upon looking at the film, as far as Charlie Lee was concerned, the referee that was represented as starting the match did not end it, and since it was a special referee in that case, he has done for the first time ever in Mid-South Wrestling, he has reversed the decision and said that the Mid-South Tag Champions are still the Junkyard Dog and Mr. Olympia. DBIC and Dugan are not the Mid-South Tag Champions, which again puts us back to where we were two weeks ago, at least with one righteous thing happening. The Junkyard Dog and Mr. Olympia are still the Mid-South Tag Team Champions. Now, what steps will be taken by DBIC and Dugan to try to force the Junkyard Dog out of the Mid-South area will only be revealed as we go on. But also, the Junkyard Dog, I'm sure, by this vote of confidence, will be able to muster some schemes and some plans on his own to force Ted DiBiase out of Mid-South. The benefactors will be all the fans and those of us that will watch and see what happens. There is a lot there to unpack, Mike. Why don't we start with the first thing that Bill Watts threw to an interview last week in the ring with Bill Watts and Mr. Wrestling 2 in his referee shirt. Explain what we see from there. Well, you you pointed it out, actually, and I, I, I maybe I saw this back in the day and I'm just not remembering. It's been a long time, but you pointed it out how the two that we'd seen wrestling was rather pale. And, you know, well, obviously that not obviously, but it, it goes in your mind. You go from the beginning. That was the grappler. Um, but you're a kid. I'm a kid watching this. I'm not thinking out of this. See, Mr. Wrestler 2, he's got a white mask, white trunks, etc. And so, you know, when you're, I'm thinking about that with that mindset as I'm saying what I'm about to say. So this guy is now, the, the guy who's been wrestling in Mid-South the last couple of weeks is now in the ring and he's being interviewed by Watts and he's talking about, I'm going to call it down the middle, you know, and um, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure, you know, we, we, we enforce things right. And then... So he's in a ring telling Watts all of this, and out of nowhere, who we assume to be the real wrestling two comes out and attacks the fake wrestling two with the with the stripes on. And in wrestling two, what you don't hear in that is he actually tries to unmask uh, the fake two, who then um, rolls out the ring. So that was the first thing we we kind of went through and heard. Uh, fair enough, Brian. Uh, did I miss anything there? I think that's fair enough. So we assume, we don't know for sure, actually. I should ask Lundetton. We assume that the last two weeks on Mid-South TV, it may have been the grappler as Mr. Wrestling 2. Or 
The, I guess the other option is Mr. Wrestling 2 came in, worked at taping, went back to Atlanta, got a tan, and then they came back, <laughs> and, and which is a possibility. It really is, because it's not like Mr. Wrestling 2 is known for his great tan throughout his career. So that really is a possibility, but certainly here, uh, it appears to be the real Wrestling 2 finally shows up. Right, exactly. So then, um, then from there, Watts actually interviews the real two who just attacked the fake two, and and that guy ran out, and the real two explains how he ended up in Mid-South. And, and it, it, it's just... It wasn't the greatest interview between the two because like Watts seemed like he wanted to say something a couple times and two was kind of pausing. So I, I don't I don't know if their chemistry was a little off right there. But in a nutshell, you know, Watts confirms at the end of that interview, I, I do agree. This guy I'm looking at right here who just came in and sent that fake two pack and I can look in his eyes and this is the real two. Uh and that's what I took from that part. So we've established now we've got the real two who is now going to call this match, this big tag match for the Mid-South titles between JYD and Olympia versus Duggan and DiBiase. And that's that's where we're all with that. Brian, you got anything else from that part? I guess the only other thing to add is that there's something referenced there that I found really interesting. First of all, he was really stiff on the fake wrestling too. You hear those shots where he yes. slugs them to the back. You can hear that, and the microphone's not anywhere near them. So that tells you one thing. But the second thing is they bring up an incident in Atlanta, Georgia, I think it was 1980. I got to go back. I haven't looked into this in a while, but I believe maybe when Ole was booking, there was a period where Wrestling 2 didn't make some shows and they had a replacement Wrestling 2 who looked identical to him. And then they wanted to eventually do a Wrestling 2 versus Imposter Wrestling 2 feud. And Wrestling 2 put the kibosh on that right away, came back. They put him in a studio against him and he just destroyed the guy. And like he said, that may have been it. The guy never wrestled again. I think that actually may be true. That may not be just like part of the story. That may be a legitimate part of the story. Which is even better if you're thinking about it in a wrestling context. And if you're Bill Watts, you know, knowing how he is, he probably loved that fact that what the real two just told him right there related to that angle in 1980, if that's the one, uh, if that's definitely it. Watts is probably loving that because it it just lends his you know storyline right here more credibility, um, I would think. So anyway, uh, that that uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Let me say it like that. So uh, that's good stuff. So then we go from that to uh, Watts throws us to the match of the finish of Duggan and DiBiase versus JYD and Olympia, and and in that match um, we've we've got the real two as the referee. But what goes on in that match towards the very end is Duggan tried to spear JYD. And in doing so, he accidentally hits Wrestling 2. Now, this is the real Wrestling 2 he hits who's refereeing. 2 takes a bump out the ring. The fake or phony Wrestling 2 comes out and loads the boot <laughs> and kicks the real 2 in the head. When he's doing that, you heard Watts saying, there's only one man who does that. And I can't do a Bill Watts impression, but you got the point. You know, the grappler. It's obvious. I mean, he he's literally he's kicking. He's he's loading the toe. You can see him doing it. He's on a ring apron right before he kicks two in the head. Meanwhile, back in the ring, JYD hits Duggan with the thump and has him pinned. But DiBiase loads the glove. JYD gets up to see why no one is counting. DiBiase hits JYD in the head with the loaded glove. The fake two is now in the ring. He counts the pin as DiBiase pins JYD and. 
as we if we would have had last week's episode, we would have seen DiBiase and Duggan win the new Mid-South Tag Titles, which um, we then go to the next segment where that's not going to happen. And it's because they've had a, they've made a decision and Charlie Lay, Bill Watts is cre- to Watts is credit. You know, they've never done this. So there's speculation whether I don't know. I want to ask you if if they did this today, would it fly? But. Watts says Charlie Lay made a landmark decision, and he said he watched the film and he reversed the decision based on the fact that the fake two was the one who interfered and counted the pinfall. Olympia and JYD have been given back the Mid-South titles. Now, well, no, no, it wasn't, front, it wasn't even that. That's what I thought made it so cool. It wasn't the fake two. It was that the referee who ended the match was not the referee who began the match. They couldn't prove which wrestling two was wrestling two because Mr. Wrestling two refused to unmask and reveal his identity. However, the no. videotape reveals that it's two different referees. I see that was an interesting and very clever part of it. Now, the explanation okay. that is that makes a lot of sense. I wasn't viewing it like that. I was viewing it as we've never reversed a decision before. We've never looked at it and done replay like done in the NFL. We've always just said, nope, what happened happened. We can't do it. But explain the way you just explained it. It actually makes a lot of sense because if the original referee didn't count it and Charlie Lay is saying, no, that's not the original. We don't even know if we had the correct two in. That makes a lot more sense that they would just say, nope, the decision has been reversed and we are now giving the titles back to Olympia and JYD. Mid-South wrestling throughout its history does a better job than any other territory in, how do I phrase this? Protecting. Making sense. Always making sense, but specifically with masked wrestlers. With oh, yeah. Making sense out of their exposing themselves or in many cases not exposing their identities and why they do or why they don't. Like Bill Watts is great at that. I mean, we'll see more of that later in the year in 1982, but it's just it's great stuff. We, he wouldn't reveal who he really was, so we couldn't prove it was him. However, the videotape reveals that at a minimum, it wasn't the same guy. Great, great attention to detail there. Yeah, and you're right. When it comes to mask wrestlers, nobody like Bill Watts has an explanation for, you know, who's who behind the mask. I mean, it's <laughs> the check goes to a P.O. box. It doesn't go to an address. It's just the 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 explanation back then, it, it, as a kid, I'd watch it and go, oh, so it just goes to a P.O. box and it's not going to a physical address. So that makes sense. It actually and the thing about that is it makes sense as an adult, too, because. Like, literally, if somebody sent something to my P.O. box and it had, you know, I don't know, just some random name on it, um, you know, John Smith, and it came to my P.O. box, you know, you don't know who's picking up that mail from the P.O. box. It's just, it made a lot of sense when Watts would say that back in the day. Yeah, you know, speaking of that, because Wrestling 2 brings up he has a personal box, I do find it funny that the kids waiting outside the Omni call him Mr. 2. And then eventually Watt starts calling him Mr. <laughs> two as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Two. I mean, he doesn't know his identity. So I guess, you know, he's, he's going to call him Mr. Or sir. Yeah. Well, coming out of all that, Bob Roop and Boyd Pierce wrap up everything we just heard. Let's go to this right now. I don't believe what I just heard, Boyd Pierce. For the first time in the history of Mid-South Sports, they've actually reversed a decision, something that happened here on TV. And you people out there, well as, well as you, Boyd, know that there's times when there's been 12 men on a football field, when there's been basketball fouls that don't get called, and the decision's been allowed to stand. Now, whether I like it or not, Ted DiBiase and Hacksaw Duggan had a good plan there, and it should have been allowed to go through. And, Boyd, 
I know that except for this Mid-South title, that the Junkyard Dog had lost all his titles, that Louisiana title. And what I'm curious about, and, and of course, the, the uh, uh, North American heavyweight title, the Ted DiBiase, what I'm curious is the Junkyard Dog lost his touch. Is Mid-South protecting him And now? just a minute, I'll step in as, as host to guest commentator before we get started. You yourself should know better than anybody in the dressing room or the fans in the audience that the Junkyard Dog needs no protection from anybody. Right now, let's go to the ring for the introduction of the opening event. Here's Reeser Bowden. And there's another example, Mike, of Boyd Pierce just <laughs> shutting down Bob Roop and Roop having no comeback. It's just, all right, you got me. <laughs> Boyd Pierce went into business for himself in the promotion and shut down Roop. Roop was about to keep rattling. And, um... And the funny part here is I, I talked about Roop at the beginning. He actually made a lot of sense here. You know, he's talking about 12 men on a football field. Um, he, he, he's referencing, like, factual things, you know, basketball, just where, where you know, you don't replay something or you don't change the outcome of an event. Roop is – he's actually making sense right there, which is which is ironic because of what I said at the beginning of this show. However, Boyd Pierce wasn't having any of it. He, he just went into a business for himself and the promotion and said, you you simmered down one minute there and we're going to go to the his first match and and Roop Roop's kind of like if you see if you watch along with us he's like okay and he doesn't say a word it, it was great I love Boyd Pierce right there from there we get our next match Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch versus Billy the Star Child Star with Alfred Neely as the referee I do not have any notes for this match Mike other than Dick Murdoch wins with a brain buster any thoughts or notes that you have Murdoch wins with the brain buster quickly. Well, from there, our next match, Mr. Olympia versus Ron Cheatham with Rick Ferreira as the referee. I have in my notes, the bleachers are emptying and Mr. Olympia wins via sleeper. Do you have anything, Mike? I said I wasn't going to say anything at the beginning of this episode about someone on the at the commentary table. So Olympia wins with a sleeper. From there, we go to our next match. It is the one-man gang with General Skandar Akbar versus the Junkyard Dog with Alfred Neely as a referee. The Junkyard Dog, and you'll hear some audio in a second here, he thumps the one-man gang, and this is like peak Junkyard Dog showing his strength when he was still in great shape. It is a really impressive feat. Body slamming someone that big is one thing, but obviously there's a different mechanism to the thump. There's a lot more movement. Looks really, really impressive, Mike. Yeah, he his music hits, and I mean, from the beginning, Dog is ready to go. He's like, clear the ring, clear the ring, as he's ready to get it on. And you're right, man. He hits Gang you know, with a couple of headbutts, and he's, you know, which is impressive in itself, just the way Gang bumps for Dog right there. And, I mean, Gang bumped a lot in this match, more than we've, I believe we've seen him since he's coming to the territory. But he is he's peak Dog right here. His strength is there. Um, I, I, it's just, it's, it's really good. And you're right. He hits, he hits gang with, um, not one, but two thumps. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you're posting good, it's not that difficult to body slam, even a big man, like the one man game, because he's going to help him out. But with the body, with the thump, you're right. He's, he's torquing. I mean, because he's, he's turning with gang as he goes with him. So he's got to have strength, you know, throughout his body to pull that move off. Uh, even if gang is helping him and man, Dog just he shows his power, man, as he just just flings gang around. And this was this is, um, you know, you called it peak dog. He's he's definitely right here in fantastic shape and still looking really, really good. 
Let's go to a little bit of audio from this match, the closing moments of this match. Oh, that big forearm. Oh, clothesline. He goes in the same motion for that forearm. Either one of them are effective. Oh, a slam, 400 pounds. Oh, the thumper. Beautiful move. Thumped him like he was nothing. One hand's the general in there. This man is strong. Slams him. That's He's got them both. Killer Khan in the ring now. Junkyard Dog's taking on the whole army. He wasn't in the ring, but the Junkyard Dog brought him inside. Brought him in himself. He wants these men. Oh, that big elbow I was talking about. He goes for it. Slams him. Again, the one-man gang. The thumper. Unbelievable. Gets a three. Unbelievable, Boyd Pierce. You talk about professional wrestling. The world's most exciting professional sport. There he is, the junkyard dog, as he downed not only the one-man gang, but Skandor Akbar and Killer Khan. We'll be back with more action when we return after this word from Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. The fans that remained in the Irish McNeil Boys Club, Mike, really seemed like they were into that match. They they were. They they were enjoying it. And uh, I, I went back just now, and I was looking at uh, Dog's second thump, and he really had the muscle gang up and, and get him over for the thump. And, and as I was uh, pulled it back up, something I didn't note my original note as we heard the commentary right there, Olympia comes in after gangs uh, is thumped the second time, which is the pinfall and that drop kick he threw at Khan to make sure Khan didn't get involved to break up the, uh, the pin man. He, he came in there and just flew and nails Khan, man. Uh, it wasn't like picture perfect drop kick, but it looked like it, it had a, a nice effect on Khan, and that bump was real, and there was nothing fake about it. So, um, But, dog, man, this is the crowd's into it, like you said. They're all on their feet. They're cheering. Everybody except for Hank, cowboy hat guy, because he never moves. That's just his gimmick. Uh, but everybody else is, uh, is definitely entertained. The kid with the Pittsburgh Steelers shirt that oh. Brian Lass hates, he's into it. <laughs> I didn't even mention him mugging for the camera during the Wrestling 2 promo from last week that they recapped earlier in the show. At one point... He's like really serious, and you if you stop and you think, you're like, oh my God, the room has gotten silent. They're all listening to wrestling too. And then you look and you see this moron kid making muscle poses, and then someone next to him must have said, sit down and shut up. Because he sits down and he shuts up. But he was trying to do it earlier in the show. I'm sorry to take a diversion <laughs> from your Bob Rupatriot to go down this road, but... Uh, I love it. I love it. No, that's that's perfect. Brian Lass says hate for the kid with the Steeler shirt. I love it. No, uh, but you're right. The fans were into it. Dog shows off his power. And, you know, one thing I want to say and kind of get your thought on it as well before we go to the next segment is, I mean, can Dog look any more stronger here as he fought off, you know, Akbar's, you know, army there with Khan and gang? Well, he looks really strong, but also the friendship between Dog and Olympia couldn't look stronger than it has, not just right here, but really the last several weeks of Mid-South Wrestling, but here's a great example. We've seen Akbar and his gang go in there, and after a match, really team up on someone and, and hurt someone. The Buck Robley, a couple weeks ago, got really screwed up after one of his matches. And here it is. The Dog finally has someone to watch his back, Mr. Olympia. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, dog like, to the point you made before we even went to the audio, dog looked really, really good. And uh, dog picks up a big win um, as he fights off Akbar Khan and gang to get that win uh, along with uh, Olympia having his back. He's been feuding with them for nine months at this point. 
Because think about it. When, who was the first guy the one-man gang took out? Was it Mike George when he was teaming with the JYD? I believe that is correct. And um, and then there was the incident where he they, storyline-wise, they took out Murdoch or at a rest stop or whatever. Remember that? And Dusty. Uh, Remember they took out Dusty and, and he was going to come back and, and then he never came back. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's been going on for a while. And, you know, that, that brings up another point. And we don't have to talk long about it, but... I, it's why wrestling benefited for for the from one hour worth of TV because you you weren't burning things out monthly with you know three hours of program and you had only one hour to fill so it, it because you only had one hour it was a lot easier for you to keep those feuds going. Yeah, one hour is perfect. A lot of people think ninety minutes is maybe ideal. What Memphis did, but certainly sixty to ninety minutes in that wheelhouse. Anything more than that yeah. ends up being too much and. You don't care and you burn out and the matches have to go much longer than they need to on TV to get you to really be interested. And speaking of which, why don't we move on with the show here, Mike? Uh, by the way, obviously the Junkyard Dog did win after the second thump with Alfred Neely as the referee. At this point, Boyd Pierce and Bob Roop do a recap of everything that's been going on between Ted DiBiase and Dick Murdoch. And following that, the North American champion Ted DiBiase is one-on-one against another of Mike Mills's very favorites. Tim Horner making a debut on Mid-South TV here with Rick Ferreira as a referee. Mike, any thoughts or notes on this match? Well, first off, you're not going to put this hatred of Tim Horner just on me. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> you and Cornette do a great job of, um, of, uh, of giving it to Tim Horner on the experience and on the drive-thru. No, I'm just messing with you. But uh, even though that's what y'all do. Um, I don't hate Tim Horner. I just think he's... Uh, uh, yeah, I just think he, he feels he's a good, good little wrestler, I guess, but no one should have ever put a mic in front of him. <laughs> and let's leave it at that. Um, and then he's had some skeptical or, or, you know, his, his business practices and his claims, uh, just, uh, you know, they were a little off the wall, but we don't want to go into the Smoky Mountain stuff at this point. Cause there's plenty of that. If you listen to my other show, uh, but, uh. I don't have anything other than um, Tim Horner got beat by uh, Ted DiBiase pretty good, and that was it. Tim Horner's really young here. He's not as smooth as he would later become in the ring, so it's interesting to see from that perspective. He must have come over to the show with Tony Anthony, who we see later in the show because they're both Knoxville or East Tennessee guys who are best friends, so we'll talk a little bit more about that in a couple minutes. The next match is Hacksaw Duggan versus Mr. Wrestling 2 with Alfred Neely as the referee. We have a little more audio here. Let's listen to the closing moments of this match. The ropes, a backdrop at 280 pounds. Ooh, that knee lift, he caught him. That power lift took him completely out of the ring. Duggan's probably wondering where he is right now. I felt that knee lift myself. And Well, earlier, Bob, you saw that Duggan saw him coming with him and took himself out of the ring. That time, Rastin 2 connected and took Duggan out himself. Ted DiBiase coming down, offer some advice, uh, some sort of comfort. Duggan needs something right now. And pushing him back in the ring, helping hand there, I guess you'd say. DiBiase cheerleader. DiBiase, we can't see there. Dick Murdoch. Dick Murdoch's down there now. I was talking about the bad blood between these two. Chase DiBiase in the ring, a spear. Duggan Spirit is partner. There's a dynamic knee lift. Fast and furious and One, complete. One, two, three. It's backfired. 
Mr. Rassing too. There you see his hands raised in victory, showing the two and the fans here are returning it 2-2-2. He's the victor. We'll be back after this word from Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. It's amazing how much older Mr. Wrestling 2 looks when he's the grappler. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, I mean, he looks old here now that you know it, uh, but he has the tan. When he has no tan and just the white mask and the white trunks, he really looks old no matter who wears that outfit, I guess. Yeah. He, um, man, I, I, I always forget every time I rewatch these, like how, like over he was during this. I mean, not that he's going to be get hotter, but the, the two chance that they'll give, I mean, they started doing them here. It just was always fun to, to watch too. I like this finish too. I thought this was a nice little finish that they did because you, you think it's about to go south as DiBiase's getting involved, but Murdoch's out there holding DiBiase back as, as Murdoch comes out to the ring and, and Duggan. It, 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 I don't want to say it was it wasn't there was nothing really complicated about it, but two takes a hip toss and then staggers up and then Duggan goes to spear him. And just as he does that, DiBiase is trying to get back in the ring as he's fighting off Murdoch <laughs> and, and uh, two ducks and DiBiase takes a spear and then two hits the big knee on Duggan and gets the pin and I, real quick, but real nice the way they did it. Uh, it looked good. It didn't look like over choreographed or nothing. Just nice little finish to get to the win right there after everything we've seen in the last couple of weeks. The finishes the last several weeks, or at least maybe even a few months, have been really, really good. At least since Buck Robley took over, even though I tend to think, especially on TV, the finishes may come from Bill Watts as much as they do anyone else. You can certainly see the Eddie Graham influence on the complication, in a sense, in some of these finishes, but... Very clever stuff each and every week, and these guys, other than the referees who occasionally mess up, and I mentioned the one-man gang bumping, the only person on TV who's taking more big bumps than the one-man gang is Alfred Neely. But other than that, the finishes have all been multiple-part finishes, and they've kind of all hit perfectly each and every time. And, and Brian, let me ask, because you, you remember a lot better than I do related to you know this time period and as we're getting into late 82, but, I, I mean, you, you didn't really have... Uh, like quality of matches like this throughout all of your wrestling territories. And I mean, to me, at least I saw it that way. And that was one of the appeals to mid South, you know, you got these, uh, we'll, we'll call them complicated for their time finishes. I don't, I mean, there, there's stuff nowadays that just goes on forever, but uh, you know, I, I just feel like that's what also helped separate mid South as well. You don't not only had these competitive matches with, you know, these main event and uh, champions on, on TV, just about every week, but you had finishes that were, uh, I don't want to call them, I'm going to say it, complex for its time. Um, it, is that one of the things that like appealed to you at Mid-South as well? Well, I'd always heard it was really good. When I started seeing it, it certainly stood out because they did give you main event quality matches mixed in with squash matches. And even the squash right. matches were better than other territory squash matches. You had better commentary throughout the run of Mid-South Wrestling than almost everywhere else. Just everything stood out to me. It was just, it was a perfectly put together one hour wrestling show and cool. it holds up it holds up i mean that's why we're doing the show but uh yeah from there mike the next match the grappler versus vinnie romeo with rick ferrera as the referee the only note i have here is that vinnie romeo has shaved his mustache welcome to the 1980s vinnie romeo the grappler <laughs> wins with are you ready for this a knee lift yeah. mr wrestling two's knee lift which causes wrestling two to run out any notes about this mike the only note i have is what you just said i thought the knee lift was perfect because it's almost like you know his way of saying 
Hey man, y'all are trying to say, you know, this the, that that other wrestler, Mass Rush, was not the only one that can do a knee lift. I can do a knee lift too, and and I can win with it. So I, I thought that was a nice little touch to the end of the match, where you know, I mean, the 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 finish was never in doubt. We knew Grappler was going to beat Vinny Romeo, but uh, just the fact that he that he finished him with the knee lift, I thought was uh, cool. It, it's a heel move. You think about it. He's using another man's finisher, so I I, I like that. And you don't. It's not something you saw all the time. You know, you didn't see people use other people's finishers. That was like taboo. Uh, so the fact that he did it, I think, is a perfect little heel move for the grappler right there. From there, we get our final match on this week's program. It is Colonel Buck Robley versus Tony Anthony, a very, very young future dirty white boy, future grappler, one of the grapplers. I shouldn't say future grappler, but future grappler number two, I guess. That's the way I'd put it. And Buck Robley wins with a cast drop. I guess that's what I'll call it when he hits the guy with his brace slash cast. And with that, my notes are complete. I think we're done with another episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Unless you had any other notes about this match or anything else, Mike. I'll tell you what's different. And it's the only thing I wanted to say about this, because I really didn't have much from the match. You just nailed it. You know, Robley wins with his uh, padded elbow, but um, or padded uh, forearm. Seeing, of course, when I first saw this as a kid, Obviously, Smoky Mountain Wrestling had not existed yet. After watching Smoky Mountain Wrestling and seeing Tony Anthony back here in this spot, um, it just makes me I don't I, not that I look at Tony Anthony differently, but man, that guy had been around for so long and had done so much, and um, it's just an, another reason why in my mind I always say it's a shame Smoky Mountain didn't have a a better run. You know, it was it got it got a better TV deal, made more money, stayed in existence. You know where I'm going with this, because Tony Anthony, even here, young, bumps well. Um, he looks different because he's got you know kind of like a fuzzy hairdo, almost like a little afro type deal going or a mini one. But uh, he uh, he looks good even even at this stage of his career and uh, to to know what he becomes. In Smoky Mountain, which many would argue that he ends up being the MVP of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, some would say that. Um, and then the WWF just just poots on him with with uh, T.L. Hopper. Uh, I just uh, I I just had a thing where I was like, wow, Tony Anthony back then. I look at him so much differently than I looked at him, um, you know, back then, just watching this match all these years later. Well, with that, Mike, another episode of Mid-South Wrestling in the books. Once again, if anyone out there has the missing episode, September 4th, or it could have the date of September 2nd, or even September 6th, you never know. Get in touch with the show. We'd love to see a copy of it. But want to remind you as we close things out, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the 605 Super Podcast on Twitter at 605Pod. And you can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at SuperPodcasts. You can also follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Facebook, the page facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. Of course, you can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever you find your favorite podcasts, classic wrestling talk and wrestling humor, the 605 Super Podcast. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory? Just search Booking the Territory, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, we do two shows a week. Thursday night is our NWA Saturday night show from the mid-80s. Sunday night is our Smoky Mountain Wrestling recaps, where we go week by week through Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And we do the same thing with our NWA show. It's a week-by-week -week look, similar to what Brian and I do here, uh, each and every episode that we do at Mid-South Wrestling. Follow me on Twitter, at Mike504Saints. We'd appreciate it, or I'd appreciate it. Uh, every now and then, I'll post clips of some of the episodes that we're doing here. You, by the time you hear this, you would have seen the 
Skandar Akbar clip where he uh, is telling Killer Khan to uh, pile drive, <laughs> pile drive is Iron that Mike. What he's Star. telling him, and he makes this weird motion like he's um, <laughs> massaging his elephant trunk. That's the only way I can put it. But okay. yes, uh, please uh, give me a follow wow. on to Mike Papa for yeah. <laughs> what, what did you What did you say? Wow, to the that, elephant that, trunk. That you deserve a follow for that. You deserve a follow for that. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, yeah, come check us out. Come check out the show and then follow me on Twitter. I'd appreciate it. And uh, Brian, that's all I got, man. The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho! Mm-hmm.